Awesome. I want you to get in your words to Proverbs chapter 18 with me, if you would. Words are powerful. Words of praise are powerful. Words of prayer are powerful. June 24th of this year, we saw something happen, happen powerful because of words, because of words, because of words of intercession, because of words of prophecy. We have seen in our nation's sins are many. And thank God for the body of Christ that keeps asking God to forgive us and our nation for sins of our past. But how many know God is a God of redemption and he can even restore things and we've seen it happen. But the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I know there are a lot of people that want to take a lot of credit and I understand that, I get it. But I am telling you that our battles fought in the heavenly realm because here's what the word of God says. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Words. And I know it's real easy to start taking pot shots at people. Real easy. But the church, you and I must stay in a constant position of humility of praying, repenting, seeking God's face. And he says, then heaven starts listening and I start forgiving the land and I start healing the people. And may God heal our nation piece by piece as the people of God continue to stay in that posture and that position of humility, of repentance. I, I, I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. Sam Reifkogel needs to say, humble, repent, and seek God. And God says, you watch me open the heavens that nobody else can do. <coughs> nobody else can do. And how many of you believe, friends, we're going to continue to pray that God heals our land, heals our land as the body of Christ continues to stay humble, Amen. seek God, and keep turning from our wickedness. Because I'm going to tell you something, just because you bear the name Christian doesn't always mean you're right with God. And God helped me. God said, a move of the Spirit that we are healing people. We are healing them because of Jesus Christ. And church family, that means a lot of things. And I'm grateful for the body of Christ. But it means that God's going to continue to speak even more so to the body of Christ about adoption. He's going to start talking to you some about adopting the lives that are being saved. He's going to talk to you about adopting and open your home to sons and daughters you never dreamed you'd have. He's going to speak to our hearts about foster care. I'm going to tell you, most of the ministries and organizations that are started have been started out of Christian organizations. All, 
starting with orphanages to adoption, foster care. You go look at the statistics. It's believers that have the highest percentage of doing those very things. And God's going to intensify that in the body of Christ. He's going to do it. He's going to open our hearts. Places where even those who economics are an issue and that's difficult to have a child, the children we say, the Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to us. But how do we come alongside now and empower them to be the greatest moms, the greatest dads? Amen? And so he's going to require something of you and I. Amen? And we've been doing it, but how many know God's getting ready to ratchet up the heart of humility and care like we have never seen before in the body of Christ in America? How many believe we're stepping up to the plate? God, you tell us what you need us to do, and we're just going to do it. It may be tough. It may cost money. But you show us what to do. And we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit and we're going to obey. Amen? Amen. Boy, because words, words are powerful. Prayers are powerful. Amen? So I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. This is our overarching scripture. And I'm going to try to get through the word today and keep it together. I'm full. I am full. I am full. I am full. So I'm going to share a little bit of my meal with you. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. Mm. The right words. So that means the spirit of stupid can hit us and we can say the wrong words. How many have ever had that happen? <laughs> Boy, you are a brave soul to raise your hand. God bless you. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring what? Death or it can bring what? Those who love to talk will reap the consequences of life or death. That means there is a harvest coming back. You know, one thing that I love about our nation is the freedom of speech. Free speech. You don't get incarcerated. But I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to tell them something. Say, say this to them because it really needs to sink in. Tell them, look at him and say, free speech is not free. <laughs> now, if you go on a journey with me just for a moment, here's what I want to show you out of the Word as we're talking about this, this uh, series called Speech Therapy, that God will help train how we talk, whether you're, whether you're new in Jesus or you're mature in Jesus, and something traumatic has happened to you where now your language and your talk is contrary to what God says about who you are and what he says about others. And the Bible ties the heart to the mouth. The reason my mouth is happening and what it says, it's a direct correlation to what's happening in my heart, my affection with Jesus Christ or the lack thereof. In fact, Jesus even said this in Matthew 12, 34. We'll read it later. He says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. It talks. Okay. How many have ever gone to the doctor for an exam? How many have ever gone? Hold your hand up real high. I've gone to a doctor for an exam. Okay. If you've ever gone to the doctor for an exam... I don't know how, how many times my doctor has done this to me, but one of the first things he'll say, Sam, open up your mouth and say, no, how much is my bill? No, come on. He says, open up your mouth and say what? Now, do you think he's just looking at your, open to him, you say, ah, because, hey, you know, they're, you know, they're going to pay a lot for this, for this visit. They feel like they got to be getting something. Let me look in their mouth and you know, let, let, let me see if they're flossing. No, no, no let, let, me, let me just say something. There's a reason why the doctor, and even my, ortho, even my dentist, 
There's a reason why they make me say ah. In fact, my dentist, uh, Dr. Zweer, he, he, will, he will take my tongue. Every time I go to get, to get my teeth cleaned, he'll take my tongue. How many have him do this? And look under your tongue, look around. What are they, what are, do you think they're counting taste buds? There is a reason why they make you say, ah. And the reason why is the condition of your mouth indicates a deeper problem in your body that you can't see right now physically manifested. The mouth is pointing to something deeper. In fact, it can find disease. It might find cancer. It can find an infection. In fact, they can look at your tongue and see if there's a vitamin deficiency simply based on how your tongue appears. The mouth, the tongue reveals something deeper inside of you. So this is why what comes out of your mouth is really important. I don't care if you speak in tongues or you're not even a follower of Jesus Christ. What you say is a reflection of what's going truly on in your heart. Because the condition of your heart determines the condition of your speech. If you're divisive in your mouth, there's something wrong. There's something in your heart. If you're a blesser with your mouth, there's something happening in your heart. If you're a racist and you're prejudiced, it's speaking to something in your heart. If you're a unifier and a lover of people that are in the image of God, it's revealing something in your heart. If you lie a lot, it's showing something going on in your heart. If you're a truth teller, it's showing something going on in your heart. If the, and my point is this. Pastor, I just wish I could change my mind. I wish I wouldn't be sorry. I wish I wouldn't say this. I wish I wouldn't be gossip. I wish I wouldn't do all this. Here's the deal. If the heart can be changed, the point is then your mouth and your speech can be changed. If we can go to the deeper issue, then it'll clear up what's happening on the tongue. When you say, ah, those two are connected. So if you think they're disconnected, they're not disconnected. Whatever's coming out, the way you talk to your husband is a deeper problem. The way you talk about your mom or your dad speaks and points to a deeper issue that you've got to face. Oh, my, 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 I didn't expect it to get this quiet so quick. And what, we just, what did we discover last week? That my words have the power to connect me to God. The reason you feel the presence of God in here is because we're feeling connected to the very power and presence of God because of the words that have praised that have come out of people's mouth that God is attracted to it. I promise you that if all you've done is complain about music and lights and people took your parking space, you probably aren't feeling much of the Holy Spirit today. No, I promise you. I promise you. Because words connect you or they can separate you. They can pull you away from God. So here's why the tongue is so important. Satan tries to get you to turn your mouth on yourself. I don't care if you speak in tongues or how long you've been in church. I'm telling you, you can be Sam Rifko, you can be sitting in the pew. Satan will use our mouth to turn it against ourselves. That's why Proverbs 6, 2 says, you are snared by the words of what? Oh, man. We are snared by it. But how many also know that if you can be snared by the words of your mouth, guess what? You can also be freed 
by the words of your mouth. You can be turned from a cursor to a blesser. You can, you can be turned from a hater to a lover just by the words of your mouth. You can be changed from negative to positive by the words of your mouth. You can be a complainer to a praiser by changing the words of your mouth. How many believe? Let's start lifting up the highest praise to God and be freed by the words of our mouth instead of snared by the words of our mouth. So what I'm telling you is that when you say, well, I'm going to speak my mind. I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't do that if I were you. I just speak my mind. I'm Italian. I'm Irish. I'm Dutch. I just get to the point. Well, good for you. But don't be deluded that you have the freedom to say whatever you want to say, and neither do I. There are some really good people, but they're not controlling their mouth. And here's what you need to understand. Words cost. Every word that comes out of your mouth costs. It costs. Now, the First Amendment, how many thank God for the First Amendment of the Constitution? That does guarantee every U.S. citizen the right to free speech. Thank God. We get the freedom of assembly. Some countries don't even get that. We get a lot. How many know we are a blessed nation? And we have the guaranteed the right to free speech. But do you really have the right to always speak anything you want? No. No. Our Constitution may say it, but even the Supreme Court Justice, Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, he even said that, famously declared, he says, the right to free speech doesn't give anyone to stand up in a crowded theater and say and yell fire when there is no fire. It doesn't give them that freedom. So not everything that we say, whether you're a believer or you reject Jesus Christ. So I'm talking to both crowds here. You can't say whatever you want because I am telling you, every word that comes out of Sam Reifkogel's mouth counts and so does yours. They cost. Every word counts. In fact, let me tell you why they count. Because God is recording everything. Ha. <laughs> And you thought Alexa was picking up on everything. I'm not getting one of those things. I'm not getting one of those things. You know, there's a new one coming out called the Alex. It's a male version. You can talk all you want to talk. You can say all you want to say, but doesn't listen to a word you're saying. You'll love the Alex. It's coming out. That's the version I want right there. It doesn't hear a word. I got Alexa in my office. I got Siri on my phone. I'm watching everything. But let me tell you something. Quit worrying about Siri. Quit worrying about Alexa. That's the least of your issue. You need to understand that God is recording everything you say. You and I, whether you hate Jesus or you're a God hater or you're a God lover in this room, listen closely to me. Just because you speak in tongues and you think your words aren't costing, I'm telling you, God is keeping a record of the words you say. And if you don't believe it, it means that you have not listened or read his words. So Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 12, let's go to Matthew chapter 12. You remember he's dealing with the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the religious crowd of the day who thought that their works and what they did is what gave them entrance into heaven and they pushed Jesus to the side. And you remember what happened when Jesus, cast, when Jesus healed a person and you remember they said, well, you're casting out that demon 
because you're a demon yourself. Remember, they attributed the things of God to the things of Satan. And Jesus said, you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit because now you are saying what is God is actually Satan. And they were rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord. And they knew he was Lord. It wasn't that they didn't know. They knew who he was and openly rejected him in front of people. They knew who he was. This was not a bunch of ignorant people. These were teachers of the law, the religious leaders of that day. And Jesus starts taking them into account for what they say. And then he gives a lesson. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. He says, and I tell you, he's talking to these dudes and everybody listening. And guess who he's talking to? The religious crowd of the day. Just because you speak in tongues, man, or sir, you think your words and your gossip doesn't count. It all counts. And he's recording. You think the only two that are in the conversation are you and your spouse. He's got the conversation. And look what he says. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. And the word idle there means a careless word or a thoughtless word without thinking about the person that's hearing it. He says, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Now remember the crowd he's speaking to. He's speaking to Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the ones who are actually looking for a Messiah and they know who he is and they attribute him to Satan. Wow. Wow. And he says, on judgment day, you will give an account. On judgment day, Sam Reifkogel will have to give an account for his words. Now, let me separate that for you before you start freaking out, okay? Judgment day, there are two different judgments that you need to know about. And I'm just gonna give you a little theology if you'll study scripture. There is the judgment seat of Christ. You go, oh man, I don't wanna be at that. No, I wanna be at that. Because that is only the redeemed who have entered the kingdom of heaven. We will give an account before God and our rewards will be given and we will be judged as believers whether we built with wood, hay, or stubble, or they were things like gold and precious stones, the things that really counted for the kingdom. And we'll be given rewards. And even at that place, we'll either receive the rewards or the lack thereof. And he says, for that believer, so listen to me, you can go to heaven, but he says, I'm gonna take every word and your rewards is also gonna be determined by the very things you spoke as a believer. So before you start picking on this church or people in your small group, hold steady. Before you start lighting up on Facebook or what you approve or disapprove of in the body of Christ, hold steady. Be very careful. You will give an account for it. And it may not be that those words need to, don't need to be said, but it may have been in a context that should have been other than letting the world wide web and the internet see what you had to say. Oh, Jesus, help me. Now, there's another one called the Great White Throne Judgment. Oh, Great White Throne Judgment, that sounds wonderful. No, you don't want to be at that. You don't want to be at that. There are two judgments. The great white throne judgment are for all those who rejected Jesus Christ. And he is specifically even talking to those Pharisees. You have rejected me. You know who I am. You turned your back on me. You don't need me. You don't think I'm God. You don't think I'm Savior. If you did think that, then you would have, re you would have received me. That is where you don't want to be. And they will be judged by their words that condemn them to eternal destruction for eternity 
always living in it, always separated from God, always separated from love, separated from life. I mean, he's saying your words are going to acquit you, acquit you or your words are going to bring judgment upon you. And he says to the believer, be careful what you say about other believers and even those who aren't followers of Jesus. Be very careful when you measure it. Because words are eternal, everybody. Words are eternal and they have lasting repercussions. And believers even need to understand that, that our rewards or the lack thereof is also going to be judged by the words we used and we spoke. Wow. That's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? I know you want to joy, joy, happy, happy right now, but we got to understand that. That's, that's really stuff. You got to deal with it and I got to deal with it. And here's what Satan wants you to think. Satan wants you to think that your words evaporate. Your words didn't evaporate. Not as a believer, not as an unbeliever. Your words do not evaporate. And now I get it why the psalmist said in Psalm 141 verse 3, why he said, Lord, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Wow. How many of you love that scripture? You know what we ought to do? Why don't you just take that scripture out, get it on the app. It's on the app. Why don't you take it and let's all memorize that. Lord, and let's say it every morning. Lord, set a guard, oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. How, how many believe we ought to ask the Holy Spirit to help us do that? Memorize that scripture because he's the only one that has. So here's my point. Words cost us. So if you ever start a conversation in your small group if you ever start a conversation with a coworker with, I probably shouldn't say this, but if you have to preface it with, I probably shouldn't say this, but don't say it. It is a nudge from the Holy Spirit telling you, put a sock in it, Sam. Shut your mouth, put a sock in it. Because Sam... Every idle word or every good word will be judged and rewarded when you stand before me. So I'm really asking the Holy Spirit to put a guard over my mouth. Help me watch what comes from my lips, God, because I really want you to be pleased. And it really is fruitful and it really is effective and it's really from you. Because words count. Amen, everybody? Everybody say words count. Here's another thing I want you to see is that words cut. Words cut. Now, have you ever used these phrases? <laughs> hey, I was just kidding. What's the matter? Can't you take a joke? Come on. Where's your sense of humor? Have you ever used those? Oh, you're, man, you're so sensitive. Ever use those? I have. I have. So it's okay for you to nod your head because pastor's going to admit it. I've said it. And you know what those phrases commonly used by? They're used when we're trying to get off the hook after saying something that's mean, something that's insensitive, something that's manipulative, or something that is insulting. And I've used them before. And I asked God and asked a person, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. And God even sees that part. Oh, but you did this. You listened to the voice of my spirit. Because words cut, folks. People just think because we're kidding, just because we put, just because we put, oh, I was just kidding. Come on, man, it's just a joke. It means that they don't think it doesn't matter. But it does matter. 
Look at what Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 18 says. Look at this. Look what the, look what the scripture says. Like a madman, so that means it's a person not thinking. It's a careless word. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who de deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. The Bible even says that. He says like a madman shooting arrows. Now, let me, let me ask you something. Imagine if someone burst into your home this afternoon and you're all sitting on the back porch and you're having your tea with lemonade, your Arnold Palmer, because y'all don't want to be drinkers and 